Hey, Rope Droppers, we want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's an independent travel agent affiliated with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. We have used her on a number of vacations and can't speak highly enough of her services. If you are thinking about a Disney vacation, she's the one to talk to. Her services are completely free. Disney pays her after you travel. And she has a wealth of knowledge that has saved us a lot of time and money. So check her out on Facebook at Rope Drop Queen or email her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio where Derek and Doug talk all things Disney. And Doug, welcome to the show. It has been a crazy busy weekend for me. Why is that, Derek? Well, a few hours ago, the birth of my son, Callum, uh, happened. So another Rope Dropper. And I saw that you uh, posted on our social media picture. And I know it's been getting a lot of likes and follows. And so thank you so much. So excited to have another part of the family, the Disney family. But when it comes to Rope Drop Radio... Uh, didn't know if we were going to have enough time to kind of get this in this week, but now everyone's asleep. But if anyway, we decided to bring another guest host on with you tonight, Doug. So it's going to be kind of a roundtable discussion. Welcome back to Rope Drop Radio, Mr. Alex Sinak. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. Well, it's good to have you. Another fellow travel agent who works with Michelle McKnight over at MEI Travel and has a lot of experience all over the park. And today... We're going to go out west because the big news has been Pixar Pier, formerly Paradise Pier, and all kind of the drama that that is starting. So we're going to have a little roundtable discussion. So, Doug, I guess we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on Pixar Pier? Well, I'll give you the rundown of it because I'm told I do boring the best. So here's the nitty-gritty is they're going to give us four theme neighborhoods, and one will be Incredibles, where they're basically going to take California Screaming, close it for six months, and uh, make it an Incredibles coaster. Then you got Toy Story Midway Mania, which is going to be the anchor of the Toy Story-inspired neighborhood. And then we have an Inside Out neighborhood, which looks like it's just one thing tucked inside the middle of a roller coaster. And then the fourth neighborhood will be a, this is a quote, celebration of many favorite Pixar stories. Basically, what that means is on the Mickey's Fun Wheel, they're going to put a different Pixar character on each gondola. So that's basically it um, for the different neighborhoods. And then we got Ariel's Grotto and the Cove Bar, which are kind of as you enter that boardwalk area. And they're going to close those and retheme them. No idea what they're going to do with those, but there will be Pixar themed. I'm assuming Wally, but that's what else we'll discuss. Um, that's a joke. There's no way it's going to be Wally themed. Uh, and then the remaining areas of Paradise Pier will now be called Paradise Gardens or Paradise Land or, yeah, I don't know. It's still all the same lousy rides plus Little Mermaid. So, oh, Paradise Park. I knew there was a special name for it. Of course, there's verbiage. So there it is. The Pixar refurb that California Adventure either had to have or didn't need it all. We'll start with Alex. Yay or nay? What are your thoughts initially here? You know, I I like the idea that they're actually going to have an Incredibles uh, attraction. That's been uh, something that uh, you know I've wanted since the first movie came out. And I guess 
uh, just so happens that Incredibles 2 is just coming out on June 14th, 2018. So convenient. Uh, possibly some uh, symmetry right there. Um, you know, I, I love that area of the park. Uh, it seems kind of a, a hodgepodge, you know, and, and carnival-esque. But, it, you know, the, I just like that area of the park for, for some reason. And uh, it just feels kind of kind of more quiet. And I like that, that area. I, I just what is this going to do? You know, Pixar is not really a theme. And so they spent all this money on California adventure to kind of give it a homogenous theme. And then they turned tower of terror into uh, guardians of the galaxy. And, you know, after they had the red car trolley, you know, kind of tie that whole area. In, and now it just doesn't make any sense that it's guardians of the galaxy. And this kind of makes even less sense. And so you're wondering, you know, what other areas are going to get, get transformed if you're going to have a Marvel area. As long as it doesn't take too long to, to, to retheme this, you know, I, I'm not too opposed to it. And Doug, what do you always say about Hollywood Studios and their theming? Oh, it's uh, just like the uh, oh, what's, whose line is it anyway? Or the points are made up and the score doesn't matter. Kind of like the lands are made up and the theme doesn't matter. I think we're headed in the Hollywood Studios direction here. I think like, so. I think it's kind yeah. of a big money grab to grab all the Pixar stuff. I am kind of shocked with the Incredibles. I've been wanting an Incredibles ride, and I think it's kind of a, a cheap way out just to re-theme the roller coaster. The outer building looks really cool. Got that kind of 1960s feng shui to it, and I guess the queue is going to be really interactive. But I wish they would do more. It, just build a new ride or something. Just re-theming. I always feel like that's the uh, scapegoat, the easy way out. You know, new attraction. No, not really. Same attraction, just uh, different paint behind it. Yeah, the one thing I noticed, so they released uh, the artwork, and you can zoom way in on it, and the thing that I noticed about the Pixar neighborhood, or not Pixar neighborhood, Inside Out neighborhood, which is essentially one ride, it looks exactly like Flick's Flyers from the Bugs Land area. So that's what really got me thinking, well, one, they're just going to move that over there and repaint, retool, and two is... Boy, Bugs Land's probably uh, going to see some bulldozers soon. That's what I think. Yeah, Marvel Universe is a uh, hot topic, hot IP, and you're going to want, they're going to expand. They're going to get as many rides and attractions into that theme park as possible. It's going to be the Marvel Pixar theme park in a couple of years. You think uh, that it'll be themed to uh, Bing Bong? <laughs> I mean, he's the greatest character ever created. He sounds like a dolphin and he cries candy. So why not? And then do you think they'll change the name of the park? Well, Disney XL Park, it might already be taken, but uh, something similar, right? That is. It's, it's uh, Yeah, but you, it's, I mean, they really want, they're just looking for money right now. Bob Iger is really big into IPs, and he is trying to get all those people who love the films into the parks. Well, I mean, there, it is no, you know, coincidence that, you know, John Lasseter is Pixar and, you know, mm -hmm. he is way high up in the company. And so it seems to me you know, if, if any ideas are going to be pushed, it's going to be Pixar ideas. Yeah. And they, they didn't really tell us what they're going to do with the carousel, but I'm guessing that's going to be a Toy Story theme. So we'll be riding on like little aliens and um, slinky dogs in a circle. Or just bullseye. Just bullseyes. All because kind of the Walt idea of everybody wants to ride the white horse, so paint them all white. Everybody wants to ride bullseye, so they can ride like the wind, so just make it all bullseye. I like it. 
genius. Yeah, it's got a big, uh, from the 3D render, it's got a big Jesse on the outside. So it looks like she'll be interactive with that attraction. So I could see, I could see a lot of bullseyes and things like that in there. What are your thoughts on the um, Ariel's, you know, the restaurant? What do you think it's going to transform into Pixar-wise? We got, say they don't use any of the existing neighborhoods because it's kind of outside of the Toy Story, the Incredibles. What theme do you think well, it will take on, guys? First off, I am a part of the 1% who doesn't like this idea. Uh, even in this little round table, I know you guys are against me because I love that restaurant. It's one of my favorite character spots. Might not be the best food, but my little redheaded daughter's third birthday was held there and so it's very hard for me to see that one go have to get that off my chest real quick uh i am i'm disappointed that disney is getting that one i understand but yep i'm gonna miss it did you say that jesse's a redhead just to try to smooth it over okay good point well played and my daughter does like jesse so i guess if they did do a toy story interactive character dining I would be more okay, but still really miss Ariel's Grotto. Yeah, I, I don't know what, what it's going to be. You know, I mean, everybody's been clamoring for, you know, more, you know, more boy-centric uh, character meals. And if it has to be something, you know, with Woody and, and, and Buzz, I think that would go over like gangbusters. You could always put the, the princesses into another venue, either in, you know, one of the hotels probably one of the new hotels that's that's coming up mm-hmm. or you know throw them somewhere into california venture even even the disneyland hotel um you know i you know the cove bar is a great place to sit and and you know have a drink and a snack and it's a, a you know great vista there uh so you know i'm kind of mourning you know what's that you know going to turn into as opposed to you know ariel's grotto but uh it'll be uh interesting to say the least so I'm sure the Cove Bar, which when we were there one time was under a big refurb, and the other time we were there always had a line of 20-somethings waiting to get in. I'm sure they're going to see that and just go Cars 2 all the way. It's going to be Mater-centric. Except except that Cars Land is, you know, about 60, 80 feet away. uh, (laughs) So they got kind of their own thing going there. But it it is one Pixar land going into the next pretty much. It is. Why not Ratatouille? Yeah, that would some... make sense. Eh, you would, uh, except he's going to go really heavy to Epcot. I don't think they care about the East-West thing. Oh. I think they've proven that. So Ratatouille would be a great great idea for to replace Ariel, and you can meet some rats. Yeah, um, where's the Monsters Inc. Monsters, Inc. is the big IP, I think, that's missing from these neighborhoods. So I won't be surprised to see a monster-themed restaurant. They could do that. You know, Japanese style restaurant in there, like they have in the first movie. That'd be cool. And they are getting rid of uh, the Monsters Ride for a Marvel attraction. Mike and Silly to the rescue. Maybe. Oh no, that one's gone. What was it? I actually went on the limo ride years and years ago. Oh. That Monsters replaced. So. Uh, no, they, they, that's Superstar, already had Superstar limo. limo. That's what it was. Uh-huh. That, that whole attraction's got some bad juju. They just need to cut, gut it and put in Captain America or Iron Man right there. I wouldn't argue. I wouldn't argue. And then when, when paint, paint the night's coming in April and then are they doing a new, uh, world of color? Yeah. So, and uh, let's see. Pixar Fest, is it? New? They're not having fireworks April. over at, over at DCA, are they? Um, Pixar Pier will open during the limited time Pixar Fest, which begins April thirteenth. 
The celebration will include the new Together Forever, a Pixar nighttime spectacular, fireworks spectacular. They have the word spectacular twice right there, as well as the Pixar Play Parade and Paint the Night Parade and much more throughout the entire Disneyland Resort. It really doesn't say where. I believe the fireworks is over at Disneyland Park, and I think the Pixar Play Parade will... Is that moving to Disneyland? It sounded... Pink. No, it's just I don't that, know. It's just the afternoon. It should be the, just be the afternoon DC DCA parade, and then so the paint same night would be would be at night. Yeah. So I I think it's still World of Color because the little press release also talks about um, World of Color um, dining packages being available. Because if you had that at Ariel's, you got to get it somewhere else now. So, but none of the other places have characters. But they definitely could uh, throw some princesses at. Oh, wine, country, I'll let you say the last word, Alex. Trattoria? There you go. Yeah, my Italian is really bad. So I think that kind of sums up the big changes coming to DCA. You know, they just finished the park retheming, and now they're already retheming the retheming. So that's spectacular. Well, I think with how many people they have seen ride uh, the new uh, Tower Terror, uh, the Mission Space or Breakout uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy, has really given them some invigoration to keep retheming that park. Yeah, and you know, with the Marvel thing, let's go back to that. What all do you see getting destroyed over there? Because if Bugs Land is gone, that's basically behind Tower of Terror or well, Guardians. Um, between there and Cars Land. Do you see it going the other way, all the way over to um, where Muppets once was, which is now, I believe... Oh, is there even anything in there right now? I think it's like a temporary show thing, and then you got that Monsters, Inc. ride. So do you think Marvel just takes over that whole corner of the park? I think so, but I don't know what happens to the theater. I think Frozen, they spent so much money on that theater, they kind of have to have that, but... Definitely the Monsters, Inc. ride. I see that being gutted. I've seen rumors of a really cool interactive Captain America ride. You know, uh, out uh, in China, they have the Iron Man. Is it China or Japan has the Iron Man ride? Shanghai. 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 And I've, I've heard great things ah. about it. I've, I've seen so, uh, so Iron it's over Shang- there. Iron Man is in Shanghai and then Pirates is in Hong Kong, right? I haven't gone oh, to either of those. Fancy parks, Pirates so is in Shanghai. I know that. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't been there. I'll tell you after I go. Let's. Uh, there we go. Next rope drop trip, Alex. You can come with. Thanks so much. I appreciate. We'll the let you plan that one. So, but no, they could just grab that uh, the Iron Man attraction and just bring it out uh, to California. Kind of like Tron to Florida. Yep. Where that where they've secretly built to. Yeah, I don't think anything sacred. You know, I understand they spend all that money. You know, they have that whole you know theater for Frozen, but all that money is going to be recapped. You know, through the Broadway production and everything like that. So I don't think there's any. Uh, and then on the Frozen on the the cruise line, I don't think there's anything that's sacred over there that they wouldn't you know uh, take over to either have some kind of meet and greet or something. The interesting thing is how this all. When do they do this? Do they do this when Galaxy's Edge opens up? Or, you know, what, what happens? They, I mean, they have the new hotel that they announced is going to be open in 2021. You know, uh, the whole revamp of downtown Disney, which is going to be interesting getting rid of, you know, oh, that yeah. whole, that whole, you know, I guess, West Side with the movie uh, theater, ESPN, ESPN uh, Rainforest, 
Earl of Sandwich, all that stuff going away for the, you know, the the stuff at the at the hotel. So Disneyland in five years is going to look completely different than what it, it looks like right now. And uh, it it's just a great time to be to be a fan. Yeah. So Disneyland, I think exciting things are coming. The bulldozers are out. So. All right. Are we uh, so ready to head over to Christmas? I, I got one thing. Okay. With the one thing. Uh, with the uh, Ferris one thing, wheel. Derek. One quick one thing. Because the one thing that bugs me is that it's different characters on each uh, little Ferris wheel bucket. Uh-huh. And uh, I can already see as a parent, oh, man, I don't want that character. Can we wait for the next one? Because, you know, if you're with the McKnights, everyone's just going to ride the Doug. Like whatever one Doug is on. No, Doug's, yes, no. I can see that happening. So Michelle uh, wouldn't let us. We're not allowed to have choice. We are told what we want, and we fall in line. There's no, there's no choice there. No one wants we, the prospector. We're not to do that. <laughs> the prospect, Stinky yes. Pete. Yes. So uh, I could just, I could just foresee that being a little bit of an issue. Just hindsight, and we'll see what happens. But that's my one grief with it. No one should have any grief about the the Ferris wheel at all. Just avoid it with like the plague and just watch all the people who are standing in line there and just happy they aren't standing in line in front of you at Toy Story Mania. There you go. I like it. There you go. Good strategy. All right. It's Christmas time. And Christmas has already come to Walt Disney World because it's no longer October. As soon as November 1st rolls around, poof, there's jingle bells and snow in the air. So we're going to give a quick little rundown of what actually is involved at Christmas at Walt Disney World. We're going to start at the Magic Kingdom. And uh, the big thing there is, well, the castle is lit up. It's got frozen lights on it. Elsa comes out, does a little thing, lights up, very Christmassy. And then the other big thing is Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. And uh, that is a hard ticket event. If uh, you don't know what I mean by hard ticket event, listen to last week's show. We talked about the Disney Dictionary. Look at that. A little plug for last week, Derek. You should be proud. I am. So, um, Alex, what are your thoughts on the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party? Uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, uh, hard ticket event. The tickets run about $100 per person, if not more. And so it is a big uh, investment, especially if you have a family of four. Uh, I like it. I don't like it as much as I like the Halloween party. I uh, just think the the ability to trick or treat and the interaction uh, and then the fireworks and the parade for the Halloween party are superior. But if you have never been, I definitely think it's something that's worth trying as long as you have kids that are old enough to stay uh, out until late. Obviously, you're spending a lot of money. And so yeah. in order to get value out of your uh, extra upcharge uh, hard party ticket, uh, you need to stay the whole time. And so, and this year they are enacting uh, a new uh, strategy by they're closing the park at 6 p.m. And yeah. so normally they close the park, the Magic Kingdom on 7 p.m. on uh, party days. And so it will be interesting to see how that transition works and also uh, what the park's like at that time. It, you know, should clear all the queues. And so when you get there early enough, uh, you know, the attractions should be wide open for uh, party guests. And so that's an added value. Um, you know, they have the the cookies and the hot cocoa and, and each of the, you know, it used to be where it was just sugar cookies and, and apples and uh, then either hot cocoa and, and cider. But uh, last year at the party, you know, they had different uh, offerings at, at, at 
you know, each of the different uh, quick service locations where they're handing out stuff. So that was, you know, an added benefit. Um, Did you, you know, try to like, eat a hundred dollars worth of those that's, offerings? That's like six sugar cookies, Disney price. I tried my best to uh, sample so I could give an honest review to my clients. And so, uh, needless to say, I, uh, I failed miserably. So, but <laughs> I, you know, I, I like the, the Christmas party. Um, you know, to me, it's, it's not about, um, you know, doing attractions, you know, just because we go enough, you know, and we're there, you know, and so some people, you know, use it only to go to the attractions, um, which is fine. But I, to me, you know, do the, you know, the special, you know, party events, you know, see the special characters that are out, you know, the seven dwarfs, you know, Jack Skellington, Moana, people like that who aren't out, um, you know, see the parade, see the fireworks, you know, they, cause they do the, the 180 fireworks. Um, and then if you happen to, to, you know, be able to, to jump on seven dwarfs mind train with a 10 minute wait, go ahead and do that too. Yeah. I've done both Halloween and Christmas and I think I have the same opinion of, you know, I, do the Christmas party if you haven't done it before. Um, but I'm not clamoring to go back. When we went uh, the first time, I think Alden was three, and he tried his darndest to eat his value in sugar cookies, and that later backfired on us as he, you know, puked all over the place. So beware. Don't give a three-year-old, you know, unlimited sugar cookies and hot cocoa. It can backfire. But uh, really like the stage shows, the fireworks, like Hollow Wishes and then the Holiday Wishes used to be, like my opinion, really superior to Wishes because they do the fireworks, the perimeter fireworks, right? You're surrounded by fireworks. Now, after seeing Happily Ever After, I'm not sure how I'd feel about the fireworks. So I'm hoping by next year you got a little more like projection mapping involved and that sort of stuff um, so that they bring those two fireworks shows for the parties up to snuff so to speak but uh, uh christmas there the magic kingdom it's really neat the decorations on main street the decorations really don't extend too far beyond main street except to the jingle cruise have you guys jingle cruised before i did last year yeah i did last yeah. year and i thought it was fantastic uh really funny uh, you know, same deal, you know, jungle cruise, it, it all kind of depends on your, on your skipper. And, but, uh, once you get on it and, and that even changes it up. So it changes it up for the skippers because, mm -hmm. you know, like they say, they, you know, do it over all. and over and over. Right. And so I do like, uh, the jingle cruise, um, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, back to your, uh, I, I would hope that they would have some kind of projection mapping to improve, uh, while Hollow Wishes was great, it was certainly uh, disappointing uh, that it was still just the same old Hollow Wishes and they hadn't upgraded any of it. It was kind of almost like they just didn't even think of it. And so, uh, I, I'm, sadly, I probably think Holiday Wishes is going to be the exact same. Yeah. They, they I, set the bar so high with Happily Ever After. They did. They did an excellent job, and sometimes that comes back to bite you. did too good. You did too good, guys. So, um, just to close out the Magic Kingdom here, one of uh, my favorite Jingle Cruise jokes is, uh, why does Santa Claus love the Amazon? Why? You know why? It's the rain, dear. Nah. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. Let's, uh, from that, move on over to 
Hollywood Studios, soon to be Disney's XD Magical Fantastic Park. Um, so they're adding something new to this. So this is something I don't believe any of us have seen in person yet because they just did an AP little preview the other night. Um, the season's greetings on Sunset Boulevard. And so they're doing a projection show onto the Tower of Terror. And it runs continuously from 6.30 to like 8.30. And it's like a 15-minute show. It has four different sections. It has a Mickey and Minnie, which starts in black and white and goes to like color. It's like a Norman Rockwell-type painting thing. And then it has Toy Story. And uh, then we get... After Toy Story, The Swedish Chef Building a Gingerbread House. And then the fourth thing is Frozen, of course. You can't have a holiday show without Frozen and Olaf. So they use two big, um, basically, screens on either side of the road. That's where a lot of the action takes place. Then they do the projection. They do two songs for each set. Then they go back to the screens to set the next stage, then two songs, then back and forth. And then it just goes continuously on the loop. And, of course, everybody's favorite, Snow Falls in Florida. Have either of you watched videos of this? I, I actually have. I was impressed. I liked what I saw. I'm going in a couple of weeks, and so I, I don't want to ruin it. I've obviously seen the, some of the pictures and stuff. It's, you know, I think you didn't mention that the, the backdrop, the facade, is actually the Hollywood Tower Hotel. And so... Oh. What that does, you know, you're kind of um, you taking away the theme of something that's supposed to be uh, maybe intense and frightening and turning it into something festive. Wrapped in presents. Yeah. Or I gingerbread. Like, you can see the, uh, the doors opening and people screaming randomly while you're hearing, you know, Christmas tunes. So it's festive. Well, I think Festive the, the projection mapping team that worked on this, they're the ones that should have worked on Hollow Wishes. Priorities, Derek. They yeah. had to replace, uh, they had to do something about the Osborne lights. This is their answer. Um, basically, that ran continuously once they flipped the switch at like 6.30. Mm -hmm. Ran all night. People went in, stood there for 20 minutes and left. I think this is their answer. I love the Osborne lights. That's something I still miss and hope come back to some part of Disney sometime because I was one of those, I I would spend an hour just slowly walking down uh, the back lot looking at everything. Yeah. I was lucky enough to go to a few uh, private events at the Osborne lights. And uh, if you never saw it uh, with, you know, only, you know, 50 or 60 other people, you definitely missed out. But yeah, this is, I'm, I'm uh, cautiously optimistic that this is going to be, you know, a good addition. Obviously anything else in the, you know, in the evening is a positive to kind of spread out the crowds. Uh, did you, did you see that they're also projecting snow, you know, that they're using, I don't know what they're doing or how they're doing that? it to, to project an effect of snow. I have no idea. It's magic. It's just magic, Alex. If you don't, it's magic. So it's not the the snope, it's not the the so the snow slash soap, but it's it's actually lights. And so I don't know if it's the. Oh. Well, so, if we can't catch soap on our tongue, I don't know what what's the point. All right, so there it is. There's Hollywood Studios. Um, hopefully, this is a good addition. I think it's their answer to losing the Osborne lights. But the thing I don't like is that it has an end time. Well, Osborne Lights ran an hour after the park closed because one time we got in line for Toy Story 
right at park close. And we waited for 30 or so minutes to ride Toy Story. After we got off, we wandered through the Osborne Lights, essentially by ourselves. Like you were saying, Alex, if you got the chance to do it with a small group of people, it was amazing. You could There'd be people, like, they'd lay down in the street to look up and that sort of stuff. And So that was pretty special. And since this has an end time, there won't be that chance to watch it kind of on your own. So my only well, complaint it has to happen in time, but so they can clear the area for Fantasmic, and so and you, you have to assume that it would it would distract for Fantasmic, and then you would assume, uh, and then they have Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam. Oh, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam. Yes, we've discussed that show before. It's a uh, it's entertaining. That's the projection show on uh, the uh, Chinese theater. Do we still call it? Yeah, it's still the Chinese theater. It's the soon-to-be Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, um, and kind of fireworks. There's some fireworks in it. Not many, but there's some. But uh, that's the projection show. Uh, they use the Pixar Christmas show of, um, oh, Lanny, the elf. Prep What's and Landing. Prep and Landing. There we go. Thank you. But those guys are hilarious. Um, that's, that is the uh, Dave Foley voices the one elf and he's quite humorous so i do like that but uh, there's not much bam to the jingle bell jingle bam it's just a lot of clips montage together projected so if uh, you're not close it's not very exciting to watch so get a good spot and go close have you guys seen jingle bell jingle bam nope either of you no we are doing the dessert party when we go in a couple of a couple of weeks because i'll have my four-year-old and i don't want to have to spend time staking out a spot and so i'd much rather uh, go do a dessert party and enjoy that but now that uh the season's greetings i'm, I'm kind of rethinking whether i'll want to mm-hmm. spend my time and uh but yeah jingle bell jingle bam it's it's only going to be limited because once episode eight comes out they're going to yep. run uh the star wars fireworks again for for a couple weeks as so, they should mm-hmm. <laughs> Strike while the iron's hot. Because I guess the Galactic Knights is the 16th, December yeah. 16th. Yeah, yep. I think that there's two Galactic Knights where the park closes early, that hard ticket event for Star Wars. But Jingle Bell, Jingle Band, we did the dessert party last year. So hopefully you guys really like your peppermint, your candy cane, because it's infused into everything. It's like a episode of Chopped. All right, you can make all these desserts, but they must have ground up pepper or candy cane infused. Yeah, it it's like it was challenged. Like, here's your basket of ingredients. Now make things. So that was the way uh, I thought the desserts were. And we have one child who hates mint, so it was devastating. She had like one cookie and cried. So I'm, heads up. I'm still shocked that they're going back to the Star Wars show on the opening weekend because all the true star wars fans are going to be at the midnight showing anyway well you can go to the show and then oh, and go, then go to... that's a good point you're right come on derek yeah yep. think about it all right enough hollywood studios or whatever its future name is if you're listening to this in the future you tell us all right epcot what is happening at epcot they have the candlelight processional and holidays around the world showcase and, of course, the Epcot International Festival of the Holidays, which is, that's a really long way to say they will sell you food from other countries. So, Candlelight Processional, it's a big orchestration. There's a narrator. It's uh, They tell the Christmas story, 
so heads up, it is religious-based. Um, and they have dining packages for that, all kinds of things. Alex, have you seen the Candlelight Processional? I've actually seen it a, a few times. And uh, probably my favorite narr- narrator was Marley Matlin. And she uh, did it in sign language and then spoke the last couple of stanzas, which was just fantastic. I've seen Corbin Burnson. I've seen Whoopi Goldberg. And I've seen whomever plays or voices Kristoff in Frozen, who I, I just didn't even know who it mm. was until somebody next to me was like, oh, that's that's Kristoff. Uh, we will be down there. And thankfully, we have a package uh, with at the Garden Grill, and it's Jody Benson. So I'm oh. excited to see her, the voice of Ariel. So, But they actually have, you know, it's Laura Hernandez, Matt Bomer, Anna Gasteyer, Whoopi Goldberg, Pat Sajak. Uh, Jody Benson, Kurt Russell, Warwick Davis, Trace Adkins, Neil Patrick Harris, CCH Pounder, JC Velasquez, and Chandra Wilson. So it runs the, essentially Friday after Thanksgiving all the way till New Year's Eve, or I guess New Year's Eve, Eve, December 30th. Yeah. And so uh, it's three times a night, uh, 5, 6.45, 8.30. It's in the American Gardens Theater. Um which is, of course, we're across from uh, the American Adventure. Uh, if you have a dining package, you are guaranteed a seat. Uh, you would queue up, I guess, on the what, Japan side. And then if you don't have a package, then you queue up on the what, Italy side. And Something so like that, yeah. people queue up, especially for, you know, the popular ones like Whoopi Goldberg and Neil Patrick Harris queue up for uh, a long time. So it's, it's it's advised, it opens. yes. So it's advised to give, you know, to get a dining, you know, package if you can. Uh, it does add a couple of dollars normally to uh, to the buffets and then as uh, a set price for uh, some of the other restaurants. But uh it's a very fun event because you have this celebrity narrator and then the, the chorus behind it is uh, some of the voices of Liberty. And then it's mainly just some, you know, local or, you know, choirs from, you know, around uh, the Southeast. And so it's actual, you know, normal people. It's not all professionals. And so it's a, a very fun uh, festive event, really gets you in the spirit. And uh, I think it's probably one of the best uh, uh, offerings that, that Walt Disney World does during the holidays. Cool. I'm excited. We get to see it for the first time here right after Thanksgiving. Um, I can't remember who our narrator is. That's how exciting it is. I think he, uh, that Matt guy that you mentioned, uh, he was Bryce Larkin on Chuck. That's, I'm sure, how everybody wants to be remembered as one of the villains from Chuck. But uh, so that's, we're finally going to do it. We have a dining package for a restaurant I can't remember because. Michelle was texting me like, hey, should I book this? And I was like, sure. And then she booked, text me like seven different options. And I said, I don't care. You pick because she's going to pick anyway. I could say where I want to eat. It doesn't matter. She's going to choose. So that's kind of how that works. But excited to see that for the first time. Um, as far as the holidays around the world showcase, there's a lot of different um, tellings of how those countries celebrate Christmas. So like France, you meet Pierre Noel and uh other people i can't remember any of the other names pair pair noel not pierre, pierre. noel not pierre not peter pair. pierre 
parent. I, I don't know how. It's Fa- just... Father, Father, Christmas. Father Christmas. Whatever. <laughs> P- yeah. P- Pierre Noel would be Peter, Peter Noel. So I like uh, Peter. In, He's a good guy. In Italy, it's uh, Belafana, the, the witch. Uh, in China, it's the monkey king. Plus they have the, the acrobats. In Norway, it is Sinterklaas. Germany, they also have they have the Nutcracker in Germany, which is a fantastic. Uh, they have the the Three Kings in Mexico, so this is a great thing too, and it's really interactive. And they're about you know they once an hour, just similar to most of the other live entertainment that's on Epcot throughout the year. But uh, if you're there in the vicinity, stop, you know, and, and take it in. And because these uh, the, the actors are just top notch and it's a very fun way to to just obviously get to see and, and uh, experience other people's cultures. I guess it's the, you know, the central purpose behind World Showcase is, you know, showing and experiencing, you know, uh, cultures that you wouldn't normally see. You know, since, you know, you might not have the opportunity to go to Norway or Germany or Japan or China. And so it's a great way. And and while they're all, you know, and how everyone is, it's not Santa Claus. It's not presents and everything like that. It's just different things. So, but I love the holidays at Epcot. And uh, just to maybe uh, circle back, uh, pro tip that I was thinking of when you're talking about uh, the Carolina Processional uh, you don't actually have to sit in the theater. You actually can see and hear everything from the uh, the walkway right in, in front. There are cast members stationed there that will have you keep moving. But if you can find a space to kind of tuck in, uh, you you can just you know get a glimpse if you don't want to you know invest some time or, or spend the the 25 minutes or so that it takes during the show if you want to just catch bit, bits and pieces. Uh, if you have a dinner reservation or a fast pass to get to, but it's still a, a uh, you can still get the gist of it as, you know, as you're sitting right there. Yeah. So Epcot, lots of good things for the Christmas. Uh, my kids really loved the holidays around the world showcase. That was one of the thing, cool things. So Animal Kingdom, it's really not anything for Christmas. They uh, evidently do not celebrate Christmas on Pandora. That's all I can think of. Well, it's, Three point some odd trillion light years away. So maybe. So, yeah, I mean, we know better than that by now. So let's talk about the resorts for just a minute. There are a lot of decorations at the resorts. Uh, Grand Floridian has the big gingerbread house that you can actually go in and buy gingerbread, which you feel a little bit cannibalistic when you go and buy gingerbread from a gingerbread house. All the other resorts are decorated, at least with the tree, some garland, that sort of stuff. The deluxes all have some sort of gingerbread decoration, I believe, that they make. Um, anything outside of that or something special that you can think of for the resorts? The carousel at the uh, beach club and then uh, the boardwalk and the yacht club. I love walking mm-hmm. around there. They, you know, and then obviously they have the, the hidden Mickeys on the horses and things like that. Most of those are made out of chocolate. And so those are, uh, you know, fun to just, you know, most of them have a huge Christmas tree. The Wilderness Lodge obviously, you know, stands out yeah. too. Um, you know, just because that uh, lobby just screams cold weather. And so with the fireplace going, um, Animal Kingdom Lodge, while not doesn't scream cold weather, it still has that, you know, grand uh, entrance with the huge Christmas tree in there. Um, you know, and, you know, all of the resorts have some type of decorations up, uh, you know, not just the deluxe resorts, but obviously the uh, the 
norm uh, i guess the past couple of years the contemporaries had a frozen uh kind of theme yeah. to their uh display uh, in the grand canyon concourse i don't recall what what the polynesian has done especially since now they have it so open air know. you know now i'll look when i go to ohana in a couple of weeks yeah i i, I i'll I let don't. everybody know i assume it has to do be something you know south pacific but i i just don't have a, a recollection right now um, probably stitch doing something mischievous so but otherwise you know there there's not an inch of property that that isn't touched by the holidays and so i really enjoy uh christmas you know in walt disney world december is a good time to visit you know uh it used to be the best time but then everybody figured out it was the best time and so yeah uh, and now if you can, you know, take time off of school or take, you know, uh, time away from the holidays, it, it makes it definitely, you know, uh, hard during the holidays, uh, if you're on vacation for a couple of days to then come back to the house to have to, you know, get all the other stuff ready for the holidays. The weather's really good. I've been there in shorts and I've been there in, you know, pants and long sleeves the whole time. So I love going down there during the holidays. There's just something about the holidays. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. One of those other inches on property is Disney Springs, and they actually have a Christmas tree trail where they have what is it, maybe ten different Christmas trees, all themed to a different, basically a different Disney movie. Um, or like there's a mini tree, and there is like a Beauty and the Beast tree, that sort of stuff. There's a whole slew of them, and that's something that was a lot of fun to walk down the trail, try to guess which one it is the kids were trying to see who could figure it out first um and michelle being the nice mother that she is she beat them all instead of letting them go for it you know but uh disney springs also you can meet santa claus and you can meet santa claus at the magic kingdom as you get close to christmas yeah and epcot and the american adventure oh of course yeah so um, one other little topic here, just New Year's. So they do some stuff for New Year's. Magic Kingdom has special fireworks, usually on the 30th and the 31st. Epcot has kind of huge parties going on. Like the Italy Pavilion has like DJs and lasers and all kinds of stuff that looks way more fun than I would want to go to. But what park would you recommend if you're spending New Year's Eve at Walt Disney World, Alex? Epcot, just because it can control the crowds better. You know, they open up all the, the back areas and then the old uh, World Show place. And, you know, I, I I would and, you know, it's probably easier to get to than than the Magic Kingdom just because there's yeah. two different points of points of interest. And, you know, then you could easily get to some one of the hotels and just kind of walk over. Um, I would do Magic Kingdom on the 30th and then uh, Epcot on the 31st, uh, especially get to Epcot, you know at rope dropped right just so you're yeah. guaranteed just so you're guaranteed yeah. admission and take then, a nap yeah. on universe of energy oh wait never board or one of those hallways and in inventions so there that you go AP, that ap area behind the starbucks you know any you know go grab a table at any of the you know at um uh, rose and crown or, or something like that stake out a spot and make sure that you know you're you're there because the holiday tag uh for illuminations uh, there's as many fireworks during the holiday tag as there is during all of illuminations. And then the new year's Eve, you know, trumps all of that. And so, nice. um, and you know, it's, it's new year's Eve. You're, you know, ending a year, starting, a, starting a new year and, uh, the illuminations, it's kind of apropos for, for new year's Eve. So. That's a good way to go. 
It is. So Christmas. Have you heard? Have you heard? Are they doing the drone show again? I have not heard anything that they are, so I'm assuming they are not. Because it did start just before Thanksgiving last year, and by this point they had already announced it. Um, because we went over Thanksgiving last year as well, and we had modified our schedule a little bit already so that we could go watch the drone show. So if they are doing it, they're waiting until the last minute to uh, pull that out. I kind of wonder why you know we haven't seen drones pop up anywhere in the last year kind of like we expected we thought we'd start seeing some drones so i don't know that's an excellent question that was neat for disney springs to have an actual show i mean they brought people in it kept them there and it was pretty cool it was short sweet but really neat to see yeah and after it you know it was debuted during the super bowl halftime show too uh, you kind of yeah. thought it would be it, it incorporated elsewhere but i haven't heard anything about it and it's uh i'm curious as, as to why so i don't know i don't know but i think that just about does it for today any last thoughts on any of our topics today alex no we you know we, we kind of glossed over the the food offerings at Epcot, oh, right? They, yes. they, they take those the permanent world showcase, uh, you know, kiosks that they have for food and wine and they take those and they do holiday offerings. And so that's another, you know, kind of added benefits. Yeah. Epcot, you know, if you can't, you know, go to magic kingdom for the party, you know, Christmas party, then definitely head on over to Epcot and you will certainly get your fill of the holidays there. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not included like at the Christmas party, just to be clear. Yeah. There's not not unlimited sugar cookies. Oh, no. I mean, and it's then, unlimited, depending on your budget. And <laughs> then uh, Christmas decorations, I get this question all the time. They're normally up until uh, at least the you know January 6th or so, so until Epiphany. And um, I think the marathon is early this year. Or, and then school still, you know, at least our schools are, are still in. So it'll be interesting to see how crowded that time period is that first week of January um, with the marathon and with school still in. And so, but if you're, you're, de- you're heading down, the Christmas stuff should all still be up, you know, until that time. You, you obviously won't have the Christmas party or uh, the candlelight processional, but they'll still do, I think they do the Christmas parade all the way till that, that first week of January as well. I think so. They they do that Christmas parade and the the Christmas parade they do at the Christmas Mickey's not so or Mickey's very merry Christmas party. But then right as it gets up close to Christmas, they start doing it every day at the Magic Kingdom because there is no hard ticket event. And then that continues through New Year's, which just to be clear, Christmas like Eve through like New Year's Day, busiest days of the year. You're not gonna find more crowds than that week. It's amazing to see all the the decorations. You can still accomplish a lot. The parks open super early. They stay open super late. Take your nap during the middle of the day when it's the craziest because uh, just pack your patience. So that's that's it for today. So Derek had to go on baby duty. So I'm going to wrap this up. Um, thank you, Alex, for joining us again. And uh, if you're planning on booking a trip, especially over Christmas, you need the help of an experienced travel planner to navigate those crowds, you can contact Alex or Michelle. Uh, Michelle can be found at, uh, well, her email address that Derek always rattles off very nicely. It's michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. And Alex, I'm guessing your email is 
alex.sinek at mei-travel.com. That's right. Oh, that's right. Or you you can find me on Instagram at alexsinek. There you go. Instagram. It's the place to be unless you're really boring like me. So uh, follow us on Twitter at Rope Drop Radio. Find us on Facebook, also Rope Drop Radio. Um, Currently, there's baby pictures on both of the little guy. So like us, follow us, um, have a conversation with us. We love to chat on social media. Uh, That will do it for Derek Sassman, Alex Annette, and Doug McKnight. This has been another Rope Drop Radio.